Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester, arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com and now broadcasting at 1.30 p.m. Mondays on Unity Radio 102.9 FM in Worcester. I'm Victor Infante, Entertainment Editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette, and I'm here with reporter Craig Seaman. Hi, Craig. Hey, Victor. How are you, man? I'm good, but it's really, really cold out there and I do not approve. I do not like it, so... I, my temptation is always to just stay inside in February. My, my temptation is to stay inside in summer, too, but that's a different story. <laughs> I'm actually way more of a hermit than it's like you would right. think from my writing. But right now, there's actually a lot going on concert-wise in the region. Absolutely. I, I was actually, you know, it feels like nothing's happening. But then you look, and you've got an article in the... What day was that? Su- Sunday, January 27th issue of the Telegram and Gazette. Um laying out February's concerts for the reason. So tell us a little bit about what's coming up. Yeah, like you, I I try to be a hermit crab during the winter because it's unpredictable. It might be too cold or snow. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we do have a few shows, surprisingly, uh, that are worth catching. And we have some more in Worcester than usual. We'll get into that in a second. The month kicks off with two big concerts outside of Worcester, but in driving distance. Eric Church, who has become country music's answer to Bruce Springsteen and even has a song called Springsteen, is playing Friday, February 1st and Saturday, February 2nd at the TD Garden in Boston. And Church is slated to deliver two unique three-hour shows each night. Hmm. So that could be fun if if Eric is uh, your thing. I mean, he's certainly... uh, uh, well, there's certainly a lot of country music fans in the region. Yes. I think people forget that because we're in New England that there's this isn't country music territory, but this is country music territory. Right. There's rather a lot of right. a lot of love for it up here. Yeah, and our church seems to be a guy who's breaking out of the formula a little bit because mm-hmm. he is given two uniquely different shows and he's digging deep into his catalog and he has a half a dozen hit albums. So for his fans and for country music fans, it sounds like a big thrill. Yeah, that did you see on Facebook there was actually when you would you would use the country's answer to Bruce Springsteen line stories Somebody was pushing back on that on Facebook. Really? Yeah, they were saying, there is no answer to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and, and as I know, you are the world's biggest Bruce yeah. Springsteen fan. I should have said the I, cl- closest thing country <laughs> music has to Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> and still very far away. <laughs> no, no, I know you are the world's biggest Bruce Springsteen fan, and I think this guy thought you were trying to diss no. Springsteen or yeah, something. No, and I, clearly, like, you, I mean, does Bruce still have the restraining order against him? <laughs> Bruce does have something against me, but uh, that's a story for another day. Excellent. No, no, no. There's no disrespect <laughs> meant for the for the boss at all, obviously, but. Eric Church is actually a very fine musician. Yes. Not really to my cup of tea, nor, but nor I, I do cup. think he's actually very good. So. Yes. And another are. another big show we have also on Friday, February 1st at uh, Grand Theater at Foxwoods and February 7th at the Orpheum. If I chose, I would go to the one in uh, Foxwoods because it's much easier, Indeed. in my opinion. 
And that's Sarah Brightman, the world's biggest selling soprano. She's playing, and she's always uh, a thrill to see. Brightman, uh, who made a big splash with her role in the original London production of Cats and the star role of Christine in The Phantom of Opera, has one of the most magical voices on the planet. Mm. However, when she played at the DCU Center on October 27th, 2004, absolutely no one, including Brightman, wanted to be there. And being that you're not from this coast, uh, I'll refresh your memory. The reason why it was the night that the Boston Red Sox reversed the curse of the Bambino winning their first World Series championship in I, 86 I, years. I was there. I was actually working in the. I, I was working on the copy desk at that time, <laughs> okay. as I recall. <laughs> I was reviewing the show. I was one of the ones who didn't want to be at the show, <laughs> but yeah. I, even though I uh, simply adore her. And even her Brightman's team had enough sense that everybody in place was more concerned with the game that they that they even gave updates on the loudspeaker before the show and during intermission. They told us Johnny Damon hit a home run in the first inning, which turned out to be game winner anyways. We won three to zero. But by the time Brightman sang time to say goodbye, most of the audience couldn't wait to get out of there fast enough to try to catch that in the game. And uh, not to talk sports because it's not sports radio. That, yeah, that, that, no. that's up to Jim. And they, yeah. let but no, no one, I, <laughs> I don't think anybody expected us to sweep the Cardinals and, no. or, and definitely not win eight straight, which we ended up to do. But a great time in rock and roll, a great time for Boston history and New England history. Definitely. But closer to home, we actually have some shows to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Worcester, we have Peter Murphy, February 15th at the point. And this is a really exciting tour because this is um, resurrecting a great Bauhaus album they're playing straight through. Absolutely. They are playing their first album in the flat field in its entirety. Bassist David J., who might actually be better, who, who was original member of Bauhaus, but might be better known for Love and Rockets, yep. is uh, with Peter Murphy. Murphy's uh, getting along in the tooth. <laughs> or the, uh, maybe I should say Vampire Tooth, but uh, <laughs> it, it sounds exciting. It's a great show. And uh, from uh, looking around, this is the only place in our area. And when I say it's area, going to be, it's going to be as amazing. It's yeah. going to be a pack show. Um, yeah, and it's funny because I actually, in a lot of ways, I actually prefer Peter Murphy's solo work, stuff like cuts, cuts right. you up and such, like that. But I mean, there's like no denying that that album is a classic. Right. So, Absolutely. so yeah. it's nice to see that being celebrated like that. And I think people have been clamoring for a real Bauhaus reunion for a yeah. while. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them uh, a few times in recent. Well, when I say recent years, the last twenty years, mm-hmm. they they did a opening stint for a Nine Inch Nails yeah. tour, uh, and they, they still had it. I mean, there's there's definitely an undisputed granddaddies of goth rock. Mm-hmm. They might not be as creepy as they used to be, <laughs> but they will always have a place near and dear to my heart for one thing, um, um, among many things, and that's the opening sequence to the movie The Hunger. Ah, which I don't, uh, I don't know. If yeah, you, it's been a long time, but yeah, yeah I remember. But uh, check this out if you guys think you're cool and you never seen The Hunger. Check this opening scene: Catherine Deneuve and David Bowie. As the coolest and best-looking vampires looking for a late-night snack in a nightclub, why Murphy's singing Bella Gossi is dead. Mm. You can't beat that. So th- that's going to be an interesting show for us. Uh, February 26th, we have Michael Bublé. 
Yep. Coming back to the DCU Center, and uh, Michael Bublé also has a Super Bowl commercial coming out uh, that's been tooted already way too much. Yeah, I uh, mean, I love Michael Bublé. I'm very inter- I'm going to be seeing that show. I'm very interested in and in seeing him back on that round again because I know he had the um, issues with his son having cancer. Right, his, right. his son has recovered, and he's now back on the road, and that's that's good. Um, but he still has one of the most gorgeous voices around. Oh, yeah. Is, is is one of the best jazz interpreters yeah. working today. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, show. And, and he put on a great show uh, eight years ago. Uh, and uh, and the guy is actually very funny, too. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen him on, <laughs> I've seen him on some late-night shows. And yeah. he's, he's got a pretty good sense of humor there. And he's uh, a little bit of geek when it comes to Michael Jackson. Music from the eighties and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, so mm. so it should be fun. And um, also, we have uh, if you like to bang your head a little bit, we have uh, Disturbed and, February twenty third, and that's. Oh, gonna... well, I'm sorry. Let me correct that. February twenty third at Mohegan Sun Arena. February twenty seventh at the DCU something. Okay, okay, yeah, and that is, I think, a show that is going to have a strong local interest. It's. It gets pretty. I know it's hard to sometimes do justice to the amount of love and interest there is in metal and hardcore punk right. and those that that spectrum of loud rock and roll. But this is still really one of the capitals of it. Oh, I mean, absolutely! I mean, this is it, a hard rock in town. There's and there's still a big, deep love of that sort of music around here. And I I think sometimes it gets easy to. Overlook that. I right. mean, I think I think even I'm guilty of that on occasion. <laughs> and uh, now they're, they're as popular as ever. Disturbed did a surprising cover of Simon Garfunkel's "The Sound of uh, Silence" in December 2015, with uh, top both the Billboard Hard Rock and Mainstream Rock charts. And even Paul Simon himself gave Disturbed high marks for the cover. So. Uh, and they're planning to deliver a career span in two-hour set of beloved headbangers and adrenaline-pumping arena rockers to raise the roof off the DCU center. And if that wasn't enough, open an act, Three Days Grace. Three Days Grace is always popular around here, and I think that's going to be a fantastic show. I, th- I don't necessarily like seeing metal at the DCU center. It just feels too diffuse. Right. I mean, I think the last metal show I saw there was Megadeth, so maybe that's not the best example. <laughs> I remember and, saying Rage Against the Machine. There. Well, it was pretty uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it was just me. Uh, maybe it's because I wasn't down in the pit for it or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't. I love seeing shows at the DCU Center. That just does, right. that doesn't strike me as a natural fit sometimes. Right. right. And uh, not to go further into the next month, but March 2nd, uh, we have Luke Combs' uh, sold-out beer, Never Broke My Heart Tour coming to D.C. And that really is one of the biggest names in country music right yeah. now. And he's, he is another one that I think is going to do – I think that's – is that share sold out yet? They've been saying it's close. been sold out for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah they're happy with him. that. And besides that, not that we're, we're only looking into February but, and we touched the March one – that's pretty much it for shows, uh, to my knowledge, at the DCU Center the, for shows that are booked this mm. year. I mean, I could double check, but I'm sure I've already had. Yeah, there's so. not there. They have a definite concert season which seems to emerge, and I'm sure you can tell us a little bit about why the, that is. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, 
once uh, the uh, DCU Center of the Centrum was the big, the the only sh- game in, in in New England, pretty much. Yeah. The first year they opened, they nearly seventy concerts compared to Boston Gardens three. So uh, in in these months, the uh, the winter slash near spring months of February, March, and uh, sometimes in April, the uh, TD Garden has two major sports teams, as we both know, the Boston Celtics and the Boston Bruins. They get priority. I mean, they have enough time juggling the schedule to fit those two major teams in there, and because of that, we get uh, shows. Of acts that are touring in those months at at the DCU Center. Mm-hmm. The reason why we don't get more of them during those months is simply because summer has become the time to tour. Yeah, and outside summer, outside at Fenway, Gillette, Xfinity Center, people still prefer the outside. So, although the Garden will get their share of a few shows. Uh, it, it's unlikely that the DCU Center, which doesn't have anything booked for the summer, and didn't have anything booked for the summer last year. Hmm. The things did emerge. Yeah. I mean, last year we had one show. Uh, Brantley Gilbert was the only artist that played this at DCU Center in February, March, and April. Hmm. And, I mean, I can go down the list, but usually it's between one or three shows in those three months. Yeah, so what we're really talking about in the region is a saturation of venues, which makes the the other venues pull. Well, I mean, during this month, I draw mean, the axe. I mean, if, if the Garden didn't have the, 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 uh, the two sports teams, mm-hmm. uh, most likely the shows that I mentioned earlier, Buble and... Uh, Possibly Disturbed, although Disturbed seems better suited for these. Disturbed would come to Worcester no matter yeah, what. I Disturbed think, has come to Worcester before, and, and, and they, I think there's always that WAF uh, contingent of. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, even though WAF started as a Worcester-based radio station, <laughs> and is not in Worcester anymore, they're still traitors. <laughs> they're still pretty much <laughs> considered a Worcester-based station, and 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 we're definitely, as we already mentioned, had a hard, lot, lot of hard rockers. Yeah, this is definitely an epicenter. But uh, yeah, the Bublé show I think would have been at the TD Garden. Well, and that, and that's our luck. But that that's the thing. And I thought about this. I was reading Cyrus Moulton's excellent article about Polar Stadium the other day about their plan, the ongoing, ever-evolving plans for what they want to do with it besides just play baseball. And I find myself asking the question, well, it's all well and good to say we want to play, have music there, too, as they do. Right. Who's going to play there is right. always the question. What sort of bands play in a stadium that's that small? Now, what's the, do you know offhand I the forget size? offhand. Is it 10,000 seats? That sounds, that's what I'm guessing. That sounds my, about right. That's what my uneducated, so, educated guess would be. Yeah. So it's bigger than the DCU Center? Yeah. But it's smaller. Uh, actually, yeah. Smaller capacity-wise. Yeah. So so smaller capacity, but I. it's a very weird. How many seats is the DCU Center? Uh, roughly 15. Now. Okay. So it'll be a little smaller. But then again, I don't know if uh, the 10,000 includes if you put people on the field. Too. Yeah, I don't know that either. Yeah, so they it, might be, so it might not actually be that small when you, because they could probably get a couple thousand. Yeah, I mean, it's still not going to be Fenway, obviously. No, no, no. So it doesn't, just because we have an outdoor yeah. stadium, does not automatically mean that Bruce Springsteen's going to be doing no. sets here. Though no. that would be nice. <laughs> um, I think, I, th- I see, uh, uh, like, uh, 
bands maybe like the Dropkick Murphys. Sure. Or uh, the 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 Boston's, mm-hmm. uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's. I would see bands like that possibly, but then again, we'll also get into the factor unless they plan to put a dome on it, which I don't think they have. I don't think it, so. It's still an outside venue. Yep. And outside venues, uh, unless you get a medium core act, uh, most of them are going to go to Xfinity Center, Fenway. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's it's, that's to, to say, it, it's falling in this interstitial, and it's adding another interstitial-sized venue to the region, which is... right. Compl- makes things complicated. <laughs> I yeah. don't. I'm not saying that's not an unsolvable problem. I'm just saying it's. I think I don't necessarily ever hear anybody who knows much about music right. talking about that aspect right. of what they're tr- planning on doing there. And I still hear people complaining when they go to Fenway shows that the acoustics are horrible. Oh yeah, I hate it. I actually hate outdoor shows. Yeah, I mean, I've. Seen I'm it. a hermit. We've established this. <laughs> Everybody needs to know that no matter how much I love music, I am actually a hermit. But uh, back to this, uh, the Polish Stadium thing, which we both are rooting for. We hope it. it oh yes, definitely. Uh, Bob Dylan and his wonderful band did do a tour a few years back that hit like Triple A, and actually, I think they played at the home of the Pawtucket Red Sox. Hmm. So they were hitting hitting Triple A uh, ballparks, uh, and they did well. So uh, maybe I mean, if we get a caliber of a Dylan playing there. Although I don't know that if that's everybody's cup of tea now, but he is a living legend, Mm -hmm. and uh, I have found the half a dozen times I've seen him, he's it's like a crapshoot. Sometimes you see him, and you're like, "My God, what planet is he on?" (laughs) It's just not connecting. And other times you feel like you're in the presence of God. Yeah, and that's and that's that's great, and that's wonderful, and you know, I I I I more expect we're going to be seeing. Sort of mid-range, fe- larger, fe- maybe small festivals. Yeah, small. I that's mean, possible. that's the sort of place that I think would work. Yeah. There was a um, the Bur- the Boston band Paris played with some other regional acts in, as part of a touring festival at, right. in Warwick down there, and that was about, and that was that seemed to, from what I understand, worked. I right. wasn't there, and I like the band. I, Paris was playing here at the Palladium, but um, there's. Still, this I, I I have questions. Right. I have I I I think at some point or another, as we get closer to that, we maybe need to start talking to music promoters and see what they would want to put there because right. it is an odd when we're seeing this market where we're already not seeing larger acts come to right. Worcester because they're going to go to the Garden, they're going to go to Fenway. Right. Well, that adds to the complication. Right. And I'd like to. I would like to see some answers to that at some point down the road. I, it's just something to. Th- I'd rather think about these things before they're issues. Right. <laughs> and who knows what the schedule is going to be like for the 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 Wu Sox or whatever work. Yeah, the Worcester Red Sox. Um, I don't know. I I don't know how many games they play in a year. I don't know many, how many home games. Um, I'm sure that Jim Wilson or Dave Norman could tell right. us these things, but they're not here right now. This but is. I, but <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Uh, uh, for Fenway, I believe they had 14 major shows last year. Yeah, I, and somehow with a winning season of you know Boston Red Sox and and is. A lot of games there. They were still able to squeeze in fourteen shows. Sometimes on the weekends too. I mean, there was some that were in the middle of the week that might be difficult for people. And I know they seem to have a strict curfew mm. when it comes to the shows there. 
that a few people have broken. But uh. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's always going to be a problem. I don't know. Is there an actual um, curfew in w- downtown Worcester for shows? Because most of the shows tend to end very sharply uh, whenever they're supposed to. I don't. I don't know if that. I, I don't know there is. I don't know if that's just in the character of the venues. If they, if they, the venues enforce their their end times more than that, or if yeah, some it might inf- be something that's implied. But I know in places like Mansfield, mm-hmm. Foxborough. Oh, that's the law, and I know. And, yeah, and, and and Boston, Fenway, there is definitely curfews. Oh yeah, no, and they the the acts get fined for them if oh, they yeah. go over. Yeah, I mean, notorious one for Mansfield was. Uh, Pearl Jam that went, I think, a half an hour over the curfew, and that's why they don't play Mansfield anymore. <laughs> well, and it's funny. I, yeah, I saw when I saw Megadeth at the DCU Center. You know, they were complaining on stage, but that they had a curfew, so right. they couldn't talk as much. And yeah. the guy I was with, who was from a Rocker for a local band, brought him along, and he's like, "It's like, oh God, thank you. I'm so I hate his hearing him talk. I just can't <laughs> want to hear the music." You know, he goes off on these long right-wing political <laughs> screeds, and nobody wants to hear hear that on <laughs> on stage at a metal show. <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's this sense that it's there's always these two polarities in the music scene. Obviously, we want to bring bigger acts to Worcester. Right. We want to bring you know acts that will bring audiences and consequently money and da da da. Spend money at bars and spend money right. at restaurants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The other side of it is, well, do we have the right venues to draw a diversity of acts? And I think that's always going to be a question for me. Um, we have a number of fantastic venues, uh, music venues. I love seeing shows at the Hanover. I love seeing shows at the Palladium, the DCU Center, smaller venues like Ralph's. But um, the Cove now being gone. Um, we're just going to mention that every week, I think, from now on. Although, as I as I brought to your attention uh, earlier via a tweet, I, I fear it looks like that the White Eagle on Green Street might have filled the void. That I was, I'm actually very excited about yeah. that because you know the couple shows now they've had there have evidently been very well attended and absolutely very well, well regarded. Attended. Uh, I saw the the flock there Saturday night last Saturday night. Got there after doing a shift here around ten thirty, quarter eleven, and I had asked the door guy, "Am I at the right place?" Even though I know that's the White Eagle, because I was amazed how packed it was, and they actually had to open another room because it was so packed. Wow! And they, for the longest time, avoided having concerts and things like that. Right. Now there's new management, as I understand. That's it. what I've heard. Uh, the Acadia Ballroom up on top, uh, which. Uh, Cliff Goodwin and Mitch Shakur and Derek Dyer and uh, that group uh, as Mad Dog Unchained uh, uh, performed there a few months back, and they must have had 400, 500 people there. And a beautiful room, great acoustics. Mm. And the White Eagle room is uh, the bottom uh, of the first floor is is fine. It's uh, fine for a club. I mean, the place has a lot of personality. And they were packed, and people didn't uh, wince at the ten dollar cover. <laughs> Which, well, that's good, and I, and I know you and I have disagreed on this in the past. I think eventually Worcester's just going to have to get over its antipathy towards yeah. <laughs> paying cover charges. There's yeah. no getting around it. <laughs> this is the you know if we want artists, we want good artists. We to come here, we need to pay them. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's still. I think I get what I. You know, I've had conversations with people in the community lately, and sometimes there are some niches we do well with, like metal, for instance. There's places for metal. 
Metal Thursdays at Ralph's. There's the Palladium. Right. There's things like that. There's a really big show can come to the TCU Center. That will work here. Um, we don't have a place for a anywhere a mid-sized um, hip hop regional hip hop. We have we can go like Method Man. Right. <laughs> you know we're not going to get like. Kendrick Lamar at the moment, right. at the, unless there's something weird in the schedule. And <laughs> he's doing three nights at the DCU Center, which I would so be down for. Um, but we can get like, you know, Method Man, Ja Rule, those types of acts right. at the Palladium. We get a few hip hop shows at the DCU Center, maybe a tier, you know, a tier above that. But there's this weird interstitial space where we just don't, we have local, which can go, the Raven is, tends to be the place for that. Right. Beautiful club. Beautiful club. Um, people really just don't realize how gorgeous that oh, room no, really I mean, is. Uh, uh, Chris Benicorn does an amazing job there. It's, uh, I don't want to say the neighborhood's a little sketchy, but it's, it's I think. neighborhood. I, I, I think people get, I think sometimes people just get a little weird. I don't yeah, know. I, 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 you I, go in there and I. I, I don't, I don't find of, it sketchy. No, it's one of the best clubs in the. In yeah. The, and uh, yeah, it's a great place and it has become a little bit of a hip hop. Uh, yeah, the hip hop, that's where hip hop has kind of moved in. And, the, you know, you see a little electric haze too, but that seems right. to be the, the epicenter. But there's no sort of public face central point for maybe larger acts to come through. Right. And that's, that is important to the development of the oh, scene. Um, as we've said, we were saying earlier that with Gil has gone now for years, there's really no epicenter for blues in no, Worcester. And it's definitely, uh, blues would take off if, if it was done right with a good club mm-hmm. and a good club doesn't necessarily mean the club is good. It's just a place where people want to go. Yeah. I mean, some of the best clubs in Worcester are some of the dingiest <laughs> <laughs> places that you uh, that you could ever go into, and that actually is usually half the charm of the place. Exactly. and Exactly. You know, um, there used to be a folk series at WPI, which, was, which brought some fairly major acts to right. town. Um, that has since passed, and so major folk acts don't really come to Worcester anymore. Right. They just, they tried at Rotman's. It didn't work. Um, they had a few good concerts, but right. that's about it. And that was a weird place to see a folk yeah. concert. <laughs> I uh, think I caught one there, and I was like, okay. Oh, God. I was Jeffrey Foucault, love him to death, folk singer, <laughs> came through. He's like, they told me Worcester was cool. <laughs> so they had a furniture store playing. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, there's no so there's no epicenter for folk in this town. Maybe John Henry's, but that's kind of sequestered sort of thing. You know, there's there's we are and there's also no venue that's catering to underage yeah, right. music lovers. Right. Um, there's not an all ages club. The Palladium has all ages shows, but it's not primarily an all ages right. club. Right. So these are things, you know, I think there's a market for them, but I think we really need to think as we're expanding and we're looking at the growth of music in the city, honing in on those particular areas where there's a need and a demand, right. but not nothing filling it and nothing filling it nearby. Right. You know, because we can... We can fight over Ariana Grande any day of the week if we want to. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Okay, she's going to go to Boston and not here, right. whatever. But there's I th- a lot of acts that would fall into these niches that would be more than happy to come oh, to Worcester. absolutely. And they would fill the house. Absolutely. And they would sell out. And I think it would be great. 
So, and, and the colleges have a lot of nice uh, theaters. Uh, to I mean, and I know I don't know if they do it as much as they used to, but uh, I remember you know like seeing Belly at Clark and. Uh, I, 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 and they do, and they still have, and they ha- still often have really fantastic artists come through. I almost don't want to include them in that because right. it's very rarely a public facing event. Right. You know, they are usually, they might be open to the public. You can't see me doing air quotes on the radio. <laughs> but you, what happens is they're open to the public, but well, not pu- really. Well, they're open to the public, but the public's not told about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're it's open like, to the it's public. Like it's like if if a college student wants to bring his buddy or his girlfriend or something is really what it's about, you know. You know, it's not meant to be open to the public in a general usually. Right. In a generally general way. So I don't know. I don't want to put that onus on them because they have their priorities. Right. I would rather something be if something were to emerge that it would be public facing. Right. And be and be, you know, Something that is of the community and not the well, community well, being tolerated. Well, you made me think uh, uh, last month, uh, Jim, they're going to mess up the name of the band, but there was a cover band of Eagles, an Eagles cover band, oh, Desert, Desert Doc, something, Doc yeah. Eagle, uh, and it uh, was one of the guys from, uh, actually, two of the guys from Extreme. Mm-hmm. And they played in a part of the Centrum, which fit maybe 400 people. Yeah, and it was beautiful. Well, that works. I mean, it sounded great, and uh, and it was like, oh, gee, this is something that hopefully the city utilizes a little better. Yeah, and they do actually use that space pretty well down there, yeah. actually. So there's a lot of things going on there. But I think it is about time for us to wrap it up. Anything really quick that we need oh, to throw? I honor and privilege uh, to talk to you again. Uh, we got the Patriots this weekend. Uh, go Pats and. Uh, Maroon 5, uh, don't expect much from that. There we go. All right. You have been listening to Worcester Culture Watch. For more, read our arts and entertainment coverage in the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and online at telegram.com. Unity Radio broadcasts on 102.9 FM in Worcester and streams online at unityradioma.org. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. Thanks, and we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.